You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Full and Thriving Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. I have a very special guest named Samantha Joy. She is a total joy to me. She is one of my best friends. She's also an identity coach. So Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Meg. I love any time I get to spend around you. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. It is so special. I think our friendship has evolved. And I know that you don't work specifically in the eating disorder recovery space. But whenever we hang out, I just get so inspired by the knowledge and wisdom that you share with me and everything you do related to identity work, I thought it would be really helpful to bring you on the show because there are so many people who I work with where their eating disorder totally dominates their life to the point where it turns into their identity. And so a lot of what I do with my clients, once their healthy self gets a little bit stronger, is start focusing on, okay, who are you without your eating disorder? What might your life look like beyond this stressful time in your life? So you just seem like a very relevant person to have on the show right now. Yes, I'm excited to talk about this and, and we'll probably at some point talk about my experience in that world a bit and how I struggled with my own identity as well. So I can, I can definitely relate to that. Good. Yes, I know you can definitely share your story. It's really incredible and inspiring. So we'll be getting to that. But before we dive into all of that, I wanted to tell the audience how we met because I feel like it's very serendipitous and amazing. So how about you tell your little rendition and I'll (laughs) add to it? (laughs) Okay. I do kind of want to preface this by Meg and I are on video and we're, I'm looking at my old bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that too. So great. Keeping it real, keeping it real. So I will keep it short, I guess, but I was living in an apartment and I had found a new apartment and was going to sublet my current apartment. So I put an ad up on uh, Facebook marketplace. I had a ton of responses But for some reason, one particular response stood out to me and the, the woman who was messaging me said, I'm going to be in that area. I think like tomorrow night. And can we set up a time for me to come see it? And I said, yeah, great. Let's do it. I just felt for some odd, I think I had like 50 messages and for some reason I felt drawn to that message. And so I respond and say, yes, let's do that. We set it up. And all of a sudden I get a message back in all capital letters from this random woman that says, oh my God, are you from, I won't list our hometown, but she says a hometown. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I am from that hometown. That's, that's where I'm from. You know, that's where I, I grew up. And turns out we grew up in the same place, like the exact same place, went to the same high school, 
have some people in common. And um, yeah, so it was Meg, spoiler. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she came over and we like, it was like a movie. It was like, we like totally clicked. I don't know if any of you listening have soulmates as friends, but like, you know, like this, the friend form of a soulmate, but Meg is certainly that for me. And yeah, so she lives in my old place and she sometimes dog sits my dog and she loves being there. My dog loves being there with her and we, and I just moved down the street. So we're like, yes. we're neighbors. That is so a cool story. I love that story. It, it was really a special moment. I have like these, it's almost like video memory that I know when a, an important person comes into my life. Like I'm like, I'm, that was a special time. And so it was really magical because I fell in love with this apartment. I was like obsessed. I think I probably wrote like a message that was really emotional or feel it. Cause I really like, or there was a lot of energy charge behind it. So when I reached out to you, I just looked and I saw we had 10 mutual friends on Facebook and there were a lot of people from our hometown and everyone listening, our hometown is a four hour flight away. Like it's not like yeah. we are in the same state that we grew up in. And this is so bizarre, but we had, and also some coaching friends in common, which I was right. blown away by. So when we, when I came over to see the place, what, also blew me away was that I found out you're also a coach. You also are a writer. You have a published book. Like you sat me down and showed me the book you wrote. <laughs> I your dog and like, I love your dog. And so, yeah, anyway, everything came to be, we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about it, but this is just definitely one of those people who are on your kind of like life journey, karmic journey, um, where you encounter someone who you're just connected with. Absolutely. And, and I will add again that I have some piece of my past where I did struggle with disordered eating and it was something that I didn't, without getting too into it, it's something I didn't really address and kind of mold over because I don't know, for whatever reason, I haven't dug back into it. And, and you really helped me to rediscover that piece of myself and the why behind certain behaviors and kind of piecing back that part of my identity together of like who I am today. So I just, it's mutual, very mutual. Aww, I love yeah. that. So let's, let's just go for it then. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you became an identity coach or coach in general. And um, also what an identity coach is. So it's kind of a little. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with that question an identity coach. So I guess we'll start with the story because it does actually explain how I stumbled upon it. it. It probably is more helpful to go that way. So I grew up with a mother. So my parents divorced when I was younger, a lot of drama in the, in the family dynamic and didn't really ever learn what a healthy relationship was. Didn't really have a lot of encouragement um, in the way that would have helped, you know, benefit me growing up and building that confidence in myself so I think when we're younger, we, we start to observe and we start to see what's around us. And then we start to almost piece our own identity together based on, you know, the examples in front of us sometimes. And then there's a point in adulthood where we're like, wait a second, let me question this a bit. Who am I without borrowing my family's beliefs or my parents' beliefs or their way of life or 
the way they see the world or whatever it is, fill in the blank. But one thing that I found to be really helpful that serves me today was I have a mother who she went through a lot through the separation from my father and she found personal development. And so she always had, you know, self-help books around and stuff. And when I was in middle school, I started to get really curious and I would like read her books and read Tony Robbins and Louise Hay and Eckhart Tolle and like all these really famous authors. And yeah, I'll, go, I'll, I'll just give you the abridged version, but the secret, the movie came out. I had never read the book, but I saw the movie. And so like it all kind of piggybacked on each other, this idea of, you know, we can create our life. Like we, our thoughts and the way that we identify with ourselves can really create the world around us and what, what we want to have around us. Right. And so it was kind of a snowball. I was working with a coach. I was on a session with him and he was asking me all these really deep questions. And one of the questions that always, always stands out to me that as a coach now that I always ask people, my clients, my students always ask them, if you're really confused about who you are and like where you're at in life, you're just like getting up every day and you're like, what is this all for? What am I doing? I feel connected to really nothing. The question he asked me was, well, when were you last feeling the most you? And he expanded on that saying, when was the last time you felt like the most in flow, the most just creative and like fully expressed and, and the most you, you know, and I think we can all, say that we can really identify with moments, a lot of us, moments that it's the, like we can identify with the opposite of like, well, I can remember not feeling like myself. I don't know what myself is, but I don't exactly feel like me. Something doesn't feel right. And so in that moment, he's asking me this question on this call. And I'm like, I had been really diving into minimalism and like learning about how to purge. And then the purging was like, overflowing into other areas of my life. And it all kind of came together on that call. And I was like, you know what? I, I move. Oh, I've moved a lot. I've lived in like six or seven cities in over a decade. Um, I was moving for jobs. I was moving for relationships. And I noticed a pattern, you know, on this call, I noticed as we were talking through it, I noticed a pattern in myself that every time things felt overwhelming because of my own doing, by the way, my own behavioral patterns and things and the way I identified with myself at the time based on what I'd been through, I would purge a bunch of stuff, but I'd also end relationships or, you know, I'm moving away. So location wise, I'm, I'm moving away from friends. I'm, you know, when, when we move, we tend to purge all areas, right? We're, we're leaving jobs, we're leaving routines, we're leaving routines behind and habits and, and places and, and all that stuff. And I realized every single time that I would move, I would feel this like newness and this, this like feeling of, I can do anything. I feel light. I feel free to just create my life. And then what would happen was I'd move, I'd get into another job, another relationship, another home that I'd fill with more stuff. And it would just repeat over and over and over. So it occurred to me that no matter where I moved, I was in a, a pattern of creating a space and through a lot of work, I discovered this creating a space that reflected an identity that no longer served me. Now we all have heard of the story we create, like, you know, what's our story? 
our stories based on how we grew up and the, again, the beliefs and all the stuff that's piled onto us that in adulthood we get to now become present to and question, does this story serve me anymore? And the, the bigger question is if the answer is no, which it pretty much always is, why did I create it in the first place? And what have I created around me that reinforces that story? Mm. And that's where the less effect comes in. The method that I use is it explores the physical environment, the social environment, and the habitual environment that we've created around us. Mm. And so identity coaching is essentially, in this context, it's, to put it simply, it's letting go of who we were to become who we are. My belief is we are born who we are. It's this outside world, these external factors that kind of get piled on top of us and hide who that core identity is. And so to feel more ourselves, we have to do the work of dismantling old beliefs and then letting go of everything that represents those old beliefs. Very powerful, very powerful. And I can really relate to your story too. And I feel called to bring this up um, because of what I do. You use the word purge a lot. And in my, <gasps> yes. but that I, at first I got a little nervous when you use that word, because it can be a disordered behavior. But when I, I was like, just allow it to see what happens. And I wanted to just relate to it in a different way. I feel I, as someone who used to have bulimia, I felt that whenever I purged, I could start fresh. I could start anew. Everything felt mm. better. I was relieved of my guilt. I was relieved of my shame. And I noticed, and it's interesting that you brought this up about your life, that I was falling into a pattern of, I call it life bulimia, <laughs> where you are getting rid of one life and starting fresh and you just wow. that whole life. And that's why I've moved from city to city to city, which is funny because we met in a random city because we've both lived in a bunch of cities. Yep. And so I always felt like that same exact life experience where you're starting afresh, starting anew. And one thing I've learned, and I don't know what your opinion is, but when I would keep creating this new life for myself over and over again, sometimes I felt like I couldn't find my identity in that process. And yeah, I found like I couldn't find my identity. And what really helped me start to figure out my identity is actually letting something stick. And that's how I recovered from my eating disorder is I stopped purging. I let whatever I chose settle with Denver, you know, I've let this place settle in. And even when I feel tempted to flee because things are really hard, I'm like, keep it down, keep the life you've picked and let your identity grow from there. I don't know if that's what you teach or something, but I don't know. What, what do you feel like yeah. when you bring that up? That is so profound because the language that it, this is why Meg is so amazing, everyone. <laughs> she's so, she has this amazing awareness around you know, life experience in general. And this is why I love having these conversations with you. I don't use that language, that purge language in the present tense of the work we're doing ever. It was in the need to like, exactly like you said, like, okay, I'm going to get out of the city. I'm going to go to a new city. I'm going to start fresh. And essentially I'm escaping 
who I am, right? And so you talking about settling in is beautiful because the key component of this type of work in this uncovering, because it's not a, a purge because a purge is like quick, fast, get rid of it, escape it, mm-hmm. right? And you are exactly right about that. And, and what that lacks in the context of this, the, the, the releasing the old beliefs and uncovering ourselves is the intention behind it. So sitting with something, feeling it, facing it, you can't release a belief. You can't even release something in your home that means that much that you're so attached to without being able to sit with it and feel the feeling that it gives you, feel the feeling of why you've hung on to it. There's a process. So when when we go through the modules and we go through even just the physical environment, you know, letting go of material things, it's a sacred process. It is not a purge. And yeah, I love that you pointed that out because there are two very different intentions, I should say. And one basically lacks a lot of intention, if I'm being honest, right? And the other is full of intention. It's full of the settling in, the sitting in it, the feeling it. And then only then are we able to release things in our space, toxic relationships, certain, you know, behavioral patterns. And it takes time, but the more that we're able to face all of that and and become more intentional in releasing those things, it's this snowball effect of becoming more and more rooted in that identity of who we are. When we let go of things in our home that were once supporting an old story and an old identity, we not only free up the space for something wonderful to come in, but we reinforce all the other areas of our life that need letting go, right? We, we now can have the hard conversations with toxic people that we knew did not support us in our journey. And that's a huge section of this work is the social environment because, and I will definitely say with this area of recovery, who we have around us is paramount. And being intentional with the right support, the right intentions, the right language from people and the right conversations and, and all of that, right? You know that more than anyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. For recovery. And I, I think we should talk a little bit about letting go. Like there's so many beliefs that you need to let go um, in order to take on new beliefs that support your recovery and even your environment, which I love that you include that. I cleaned out, by the way, you'd be so proud, like (laughs) bags of crap out of my apartment. Yes, I was thinking of you the whole time and I felt so refreshed yesterday. I felt so great. Um, more connected to me because it, my space now reflects more of what I want in my life, which is less. But anyway, can you explain a little bit about why letting go is so important when it comes to figuring out who you are? I always use the analogy of, you can't see me, but if we have this, this baseline of who we are, right? And we're born this way. Well, what do we have piled on top of us? We have our family's beliefs that, and, and we're very impressionable, right? So we have our the people we're closest to, family, friends, all those beliefs. We have education, we have media, we have society. We have all these different layers 
of, I call it noise, really, just noise coming at us at all times. I will say this is a very Western world thing. You know, this may not apply to 100% of the world's population, but most of us listening, you know, on this, on this call right now, we, we can relate to the Western way of being a bit inundated by all of these things. You know, it's like in order to find ourselves again, we have to come head to head with those things and then be very intentional and very deliberate about what we allow and releasing those things and, and understanding that every single day of every moment, we're either reinforcing the person we are or reinforcing the person that we're told we should be. Right. So the conversations we're having, the, you know, when we go to buy something, you know, why are we buying it? Are we buying it to fill a void? Are we buying it to, you know, like replace one addiction or one habit with another or to prove something or to feel something, you know, what, why are we filling our space that way? And so the, back to your question, the importance of this is really around quieting the noise. I love that analogy because we spend so much of our day, so many of us serving others and, and serving others is great. But what I mean when I say it in this context is serving others in place of ourselves. Like we get up, we get dressed, we go to a job for someone else, sell their product, sell their service, you know, um, fulfill their demands, come home. We might have a spouse that we have to also fulfill demands to and kids. And a lot of us live in that cycle. So it's, it's like, well, when are we actually creating time and space and, you know, to put the energy back into ourselves and the focus back into ourselves? Because I can't tell you how many people like we, we don't have conversations with ourselves to really check in and say like, how was your day? How are you feeling? Do you want to do this next thing you're going to do? Do you want to go this next place you're going to go? And being able to quiet that noise allows us to check back in. It allows us to reconnect. You know, you even saying, I got rid of all this stuff. I love what you said that you felt more connected to yourself. Okay. On a daily basis, how often are we doing things to connect to ourselves? You know, it's, and and the the work of letting go. I don't even want to call it work because it's such a beautiful process. But the the act of letting go and releasing those things just creates space for us to sit with and explore and start to be intentional and say what what do I want in that space? Because minimalism, you know, I I do identify with it, and it is a it's the catalyst of of the work that I do because it brought me so much joy because it brought me space that brought me presence and peace and more knowing of myself and minimalism isn't about having less necessarily or having, you know, as little as possible. It's about removing everything that doesn't represent our true identity and being intentional. That is the goal is that you have things in your house. That's wonderful. Is it something you love? Is it something that reflects who you are? Mm-hmm. People too, right? So important. And then what are we doing every day in our routines and our habits? How are we, how are we creating our life instead of reacting to it? So let's 
think about a person. So for instance, someone who is really struggling right now, someone with an eating disorder, someone, maybe they just went through a breakup. Maybe this is just one of those situations where you've been knocked off your feet. How do you go about discovering who you are? Like, are there any steps you recommend to rebuilding yourself and figuring out that identity piece? I know we've talked about letting go, but how do you know what's there once everything's been let go? So the very first module of my program Mm -hmm. isn't about, let's get, let's dive in there. Let's start throwing stuff out. That's not what it's about. It's about starting to bring those limiting beliefs into consciousness. Step one is really sitting with something and saying, am I reacting to what just happened? Or am I sitting with it and feeling it and trying to figure, like, would I choose this? You know, if we have a breakup, that's a great example, is if we put our ego, because there's a big piece of ego in that, right? So part of finding ourselves again and uncovering ourselves is releasing ego. So there's a lot of letting go happening here. And so if we're going to say, again, a breakup, it's putting the ego aside and the hurt aside and, and all of that that's wrapped up in that, in that ego piece and asking ourselves, well, is this better? Should I, would I have chosen this person? Is this what I wanted? And starting to, you know, there's always the story and then the truth. And so what is the truth in this? Is the truth that I would want this? Is the truth that this is better for me? There's truth in that it hurts, but you know, would we choose this? And so there's a lot that goes into that. And you can really insert mostly any scenario in that. Mm-hmm. And then I can give, I can do like a quick exercise that I do with people that it really helps to scratch the surface. It's very quick, ah. but it helps. It's something I do constantly when I'm feeling up against something like, all right, you know what? I've been really intentional up until now. Cause this is, this is a journey. This isn't like, I just, you know, release everything and then I'm healed and then everything's great. No, we live in the Western world. There's going to be noise. There's going to be stuff thrown at us that we need to deflect, you know, or whatever we need to be intentional with. Right. So something that I do and I do with all my clients, all my students is a more or less list. And you take a piece of paper and you draw a line down the middle. And on one side, the left side, you're going to put more on the top. And on the right side header, you're going to put less. I always have people start with the less side. And the reason is let's just get it all out there. Let's get it all out there of, we, we, we very quickly, a lot of us can identify with like what we, we don't want in our life and, and being specific, right? I want less drama. I want less of this job. I want less of this person around me, whatever it is. Um, all those things in the less column. And then next to each point, you could just total brain dump, like take as long as you need. There's no time limit. Next to each point on the list, putting down, what is it going to take to make that happen? What is it going to take to to remove that from our life? And then we move to the more side. And again, just go nuts here, like more travel, more love, more control, you know, over, I'm not, I don't want to use the wrong words, but control (laughs) over or enjoyment in food, right? More enjoyment in the process of nurturing myself and feeding myself and whatever those things are in the more side. And again, 
each point. What is it going to take to get to get there? And the, the reason we start with the left side is it opens our minds to the possibility of space to, to create more. Mm. And the other thing that I found that happens very often and happens with myself as well, especially the first time with people when they do this is sometimes on the more side, they've listed something they've had in their life. They've experienced. It gets you thinking, well, what happened? At what point did this stop becoming a piece of my life? At what point did I start living for others and, and what I thought I was supposed to be and who I thought I was supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom, I, I have people write three action steps that they can take. You know, maybe you're, you're pulling it from the left side or the more side, but three action steps, easy action steps that you can take to get closer to that true identity and that life that you want to create that reflects that true identity. I am a big fan of exercises. So I'm so yep. that. as a coach, I'm like, yay, they got to take away like assignment, something they can do. I think that's super powerful. And one thing that I want to reinforce and kind of echo what you said is that every decision you make in your life, life is either taking you to towards the person you want to become or reinforcing the person you don't want to be. I, I think that can be really clued in. I don't know if that's the right word, but basically you can tune into that when it comes to making decisions about recovery every day, even just deciding what you're going to eat. Is this reinforcing my recovery or is this taking away from my recovery? Is this making me fall back into old patterns? And so I hope having that mindset will help people kind of continue to make those choices that align them with who they want to become, which is that person who is, you know, enjoying food and feeling free and joyful and food isn't a huge focus in their life anymore. Right. And one thing I'll echo is when we do release, we open the space for the more. Mm -hmm. And the more is good because it's more of the good things. It's more of the things that align with us. And when, if I could share just a little bit about my struggle yeah, with, with eating. Yeah. So I, um, I, I would say 2013, I moved to San Francisco from, where did I move from? Oh, New York. I've moved a lot <laughs> and I found bodybuilding. So you can see where the story is going, but essentially, <laughs> essentially I struggled with binge eating. What I had noticed when I left that world, which was a very healthy decision for me personally, was that I was, you know, surprise, surprise, really putting my validation in the like my worth in the hands of others. And so this behave, this, this choice, I should say, of following this path, um, it really fulfilled that piece that I needed at the time because I did, I was not strongly rooted in that identity. Because if I was, I would not have needed that external validation. So I went on a journey of why did I do this? Why did I feel the need to follow this? You know, what was my reasoning behind it? Being, being loving with myself through the process. And I eventually became a mom. And what I started, the work that I started to do, because I was doing identity coaching prior to my son being born, he's two. It kind of set me up for motherhood because motherhood in itself is an identity shift it was really important to me as a mother to break down my whys behind my behaviors. And I knew it, it had gotten to a point where, you know, with, with my eating disorder of 
missing out on so much of life. Mm -hmm. And half of that was because I was doing those behaviors and half of it was because I was living in a shame spiral. And so I was able to, you know, I was with seeing a therapist and, and trying to figure out what my reasoning behind it was. And when I found minimalism and I found something that could bring me closer to myself and closer to my joy and the things that lit me up, I noticed that my desire to binge lessened because my validation didn't need to come from, you know, I'm still human and I still went through a process and there were moments, you know, you take two steps forward, one step back, but I started to really understand what it felt like to fulfill myself mm-hmm. and just releasing, of course, releasing old beliefs are going to help us adopt new, healthier line beliefs. And the act of, you know, physically, habitually, socially, creating environments that reflected healthy behavior and reflected my joy. I just keep going back to the word joy because when I'm in my joy, I don't feel those urges any longer. I don't feel that need of trying to control and do. I I feel okay being, I guess. I feel present and I feel fulfilled. And it's been a journey. It wasn't like I'm healed. You know, it's always going to be a journey. And now in moments, I have other things to reach for. I have, I just started a private hip hop lessons, which has like been amazing. It's, and, and it's like, and then I look back, I'm like, why did I put this off for so long? You know, I'm 35 years old. Why did it take me this long? And I had dance growing up, right? And so it's just choosing ourselves. It's making the space to quiet the noise and then be like, Oh, what do I want in my life? Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not a quick fix. It's not that easy, but it is, it is very powerful when we create that life, when we stop all that and we make the space to create the life that fulfills us. I find that a lot of unhealthy patterns just like tend to not have that hold on us anymore. I love that you said that. I always kind of fall into this mind of solution-oriented steps. I'm like, okay, so Sam's going to walk us through like how she conquered binge eating. And then you simplify it, which is literally your brand. So, good, you know, it's like, you're just like, I just reached for things that brought me joy. And my binge eating had less power over me because I was more satisfied in the life I was creating for myself. And I love that. I think that is just so beautiful. For me, it was like, I cannot speak for everyone, but for me, it was it when I would reach for the food and I would go into the spiral of that. It was, you know, I grew up in a household where I didn't have control. I was terrified, you know, and there was just without going into it, there was just a lot of unhealthy stuff going on as an adult, I was able to make the connection of like, this is my way to control things. Because when I wasn't binging, I was spending hours in the gym and I knew that wasn't me. And I knew that wasn't healthy. And I knew it was because I wasn't fulfilled. I was in accounting. Let's put it that way. I was, I was fulfilling what I thought I should have done. Okay. I was in accounting for over a decade. And I then, did not know that about you. Did you not? Because it's like not a part of me. I just, you I know, I don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I did audit, I did tax, and I was the good girl, and I showed up on time, and I stayed late, and I did everything I was supposed to be told, and I did it well, and I got promotions and raises and thrived, and I was dying inside. I, that's when I moved to California. I got a one-way ticket. I'd never been to San Francisco, and I said it's, I had been through a lot of uh, hypnotherapy, which was really helpful for me, and it helped me cut cords in a lot of my beliefs. And, and that's another thing that really influenced the act of letting go because I got to say to myself, wait, that I don't need that anymore. I'm not in that household where I grew up anymore. I'm not in the world of accounting in the corporate boys club, account, you know, world of mm-hmm. where I have to be this, you know, obedient woman or whatever, you know, there's a whole nother layer to that in the corporate world. As you're aware, I got to let go of the things that I had reinforced for so long with what I created around me. And yes, I got up and moved, but I start, that's when I started to really understand I can follow a different career path. I can do the things that I love. And so it was, it's been a journey, of course. Today, I understand if I feel the need to control with food, that that has nothing to do with well, I shouldn't say that. It doesn't, it, it does, it's not the food for me. It's, I, there's something that I'm not answering to in my life. There's something I'm covering up. There's maybe it's something I agreed to that I didn't want to. And then I start, I make time. I make a lot of time to sit with myself and be with myself to make sure that when I agree to something or I bring something into my home or someone into my space, that it is aligned. Because when I don't, and I'm human, and I have moments to this day when I don't, other things go off the rails. And I know it immediately. And that's when my old behavior patterns come up mm-hmm. or peek their head out and say, hey, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I thought we made friends and I told you to have a nice life, right? You know, so it's, it's an ongoing process, but it's being intentional. It's that intention piece of loving ourselves and respecting ourselves and wanting more for ourselves to say you're not welcome here whether it's a thing or a person or a old behavior yeah that is one of the keys to recovery is like when you are finally recovered and you feel tempted to engage in an old behavior you can just kind of acknowledge it and let and not act on it And so it sounds like you've been able to figure out that if you feel tempted to control your life with food, perhaps there's something in your life that's misaligned. There is a lot of power. And I know you know this, Meg, there is so much power in pulling out all the junk in our subconscious and bringing it into a conscious place because we might always have moments here and there that where we want to reach for the food or whatever behavior that is, you know, we, we may always have those moments, but the difference is we're conscious to maybe our why behind it and what tools we have to realign ourselves. I'll say, because I really think it comes back to our identity of, you know, you had mentioned, you know, is, is this the, are these the behaviors that are going to get us closer to who we want to become? But what I really believe it's, getting closer to who we have always been before Mm -hmm. we, because I I think this is a lot of behavioral stuff of, you know, trying to be someone or, or please someone else or, or, 
control something and it's all this external stuff. And so really remembering, you know, who we are inside. And, and that's why I love the more less exercise because it reminds us of things that we are, it shows us how we can get less of something to make more of something and how we get that more, whether it's, you know, dance or painting or just being creativity, I found was a huge tool in recovery, Mm -hmm. huge because it allowed me to express and like not keep things stagnant inside me and like reconnect with myself. And, and it was so fulfilling to me, you know, whether it was through dance or through playing guitar or something expressive that I, it just was the, the urges were so few and far between even now. It's like, it's, I can't, I Meg, I cannot remember the last time I had a, like a craving and an urge to do that. I can't remember. That's, amazing because it sounds like you've really moved beyond it which is a wonderful place to be in yeah it really is I I love that you're there yeah and it you know it'll creep back up and then I have my tools and I'm rooted in a in a life in an environment because I've done the work I mean again stuff will always come up but when we can start to put ourselves first and integrate the things that we love, it is life-changing. It truly is. Mm-hmm. So how do you suggest someone start connecting with joy? I have a, a, a coaching community called the Joy Lab, I think you know. Mm-hmm. And joy is such an important piece of my life, and it's such an important piece of the work that I do with others. I, I want everyone to know that joy is not this thing that we put on a shelf. It's not something that we withhold. We do this in the Western world, right? We're very conditional with our joy, right? We'll go on vacation and feel joy on this date, but until then, you know, we're going to, you know, it's like, I want to spread the message that joy is within us at all times. It's accessible to us whenever we want it. It's just making the decision that we're worthy of it. It's, it's always that first step. I'm always going to go first, you know, for that first step, which is sitting with what we've created and becoming conscious to, it's it's such an important piece of it, of becoming conscious to, well, what is joy to us? Why did we stop feeling it? You know, and how can we bring in more of it? And something I'll bring up about you, Meg, and I know this because Meg's like down the street from me and we will, well, in the middle of our work days, because we work from home, it's like, do you want to go for a walk? And just finding little pieces in the day of if you don't, if you can't off the top of your head, think of when the last time you made space for joy, sit down, make a list. What brings you joy? Nature, friends, laughter, comedy, whatever the things are, whatever they are. Okay. Just, it's kind of like starting a meditation practice. Start with like 10 minutes a day and tap into your joy because then what happens after a certain time, period of time, it becomes a habit and it becomes a part of your life. And then there's a point where you know, whether we're an entrepreneur or whether we're, whatever we're struggling with or whatever our life looks like, that the joy enhances other things. So while we might sit here, again, this is how we're conditioned here in this world we live in, is that, well, if I do that, it will take away time from work or take away time from this person or that person or take away time from fill in the blank when it in fact enhances the time. There is no more important person in our lives than ourselves, And if we don't start to see that and put ourselves first, nothing will change. And I, I realize that especially through 
you know, struggling with binge eating and all of that, it was, I was living for others. That was my biggest issue. And then taking it out in this behavior. So for me, it's like, how do we recondition our mind to understand that joy is at our fingertips if we want it? And it doesn't have to be this like crazy grand thing. It could be taking a walk or, you know, whatever small thing that it could be eating a cupcake. It could be like any little thing. And then we're present in it. That's the biggest piece is when we go do that thing, let's be there. Let's not be on our phone. Let's not worry about our email. Let's not rush ourselves. Let's be there with it Mm -hmm. and make that as, uh, what's the word? Not mechanical, but as automatic as brushing our teeth, right? Like we brush our teeth in the morning. Well, this should be just as important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the fact that you're just reminding us to connect to joy and how healing joy in itself can be, even pointing out here that joy can come from food. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a form of self-punishment sometimes, but it also can be a form of total joy and an experience that connects you to people, connects you to cultures. And it, it is very interesting how it can be both. But on the bigger picture, I think it's so valuable to remember that Joy connects you to who you are. Yes. As a person. 100%. It's so vital. So vital, like the air we breathe. That's why we're here. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, what are you doing today to bring joy into your life? I'm just. It's funny you say that because if I could, if I could answer your question of like, how could people bring more joy in their life in a shorter, like if you have a whiteboard or something, just like put, what did you do for joy today and fill in the blank. And so it's funny you asked me that because, oh, I have dance tonight. Yeah. I so I'm going to be doing your videos. I love when you, I know, I know. And I feel like, I feel like when we're in our joy, we end up just emulating and like vibrating this crazy energy of joy and then it spreads. And then what, what happens is, you know, it's funny because the, the social environment piece of this program that I have is yes, part of it is, is the really daunting work of having the conversations and disconnecting and disengaging. There, I have like 4D steps and it's, it's you love steps, so you may love that. <laughs> but it's like detaching, disengaging, all these things, right? And then what's great after that is we have the space, but when we're like in that joy, it just, you know, it's kind of like how we met. That was not by mistake, you know? And so we tend to just magnetize to other people that, really align with who we are and what we're creating. And it's like, it becomes easy. I know you, you know, this, you can like relate to this because mm-hmm. we talk about this a lot. Serendipitous stuff is just, you know, coming in batches when you start to really align with, with yourself and make the decision to, to create stuff that supports, you know, a life that supports your happiness and your joy. It's like a, it's a snowball effect. It's great. Yeah. So Sam, tell us a little bit about the less effect and then tell us how we can all find you online. Uh, so I have the method and then I have the book. I oh yes. Tell, yes. Tell us. They're all, 
they're pretty similar. I will tell you the book. So I'm, I'm really blessed. I wrote this book a few years ago. It hit number one bestseller twice, which was incredible. That was my joy was writing that book and getting this message out there, which basically breaks down, you know, the book is the what and the why, what is the less effect and, and why can it help bring you closer to you? And, and it's for all the reasons we discussed, right? And the, the course is the how. So it's an eight week program that I actually will be launching in a few weeks online. And then, um, you know, I also work with one-on-one -on -one clients through this as well. And it's really step one is always laying that foundation of what are my beliefs? What is my story? And then going through exercises a lot that touch on who we were as children, you know, and how we grew up and where our beliefs changed and why, and going through that entire process and preparing us to then start releasing, releasing things. You know, the first module after that is releasing things in our physical environment. And then we always have two parts in each module, which is releasing, but then we get to then have the fun part, which is designing, right? So declutter, design, declutter, design. And this applies again in the next one of social environment of taking inventory, decluttering, whatever that looks like. You know, it's not always breaking off relationships, but disengaging or, or learning how to not be affected by others energy and then we get to do the fun stuff again of designing that social circle and and choosing the people we we want in our life because a lot of us don't do that and then that goes into habitual as well inventory of what are our habits what are our patterns why are they there you know sitting with them and then and then starting to disengage with those and then learning how to take on new habits, creating new routines and having fun with it. And a lot of that is learning psychology behind it as well, which is really important because this work is driven by bringing and pulling out the things that have just nestled into our subconscious and becoming conscious of them so we can experience a shift. And towards the end, there is, there is a, a module that goes through an action plan of you know, after, after going through this work, what is it that you want to create? And it looks different for everyone. And so, yeah, the book really supports, you know, it goes into my personal story and, and how this was born, how it changed my life, how it changed clients that I've worked with their lives. And the course really brings you through the journey. I hope that everyone listening reads your book and joins your course. I have read the book. It is a wonderful, quick read, which I love. You just get right to it. And minimalist by design. Yes, yes. minimalist by, the, by design for sure. So everyone listening, I highly recommend all of Sam's work. She is just such an inspiration to me. She's an inspiration to others. And I hope you really enjoyed this interview. And Sam, thank you so much for being on the show. This was so fun. I'm so happy to be here with you, Meg. And I'll probably see you later at some point. Yeah, yeah I'll see you soon. Usually the case. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great rest of your day, Sam. You too. Bye, everyone. <laughs>